Welcome back, everyone, to another Reimagining Cyber Extra episode. I'm Stan Wisman with Rob Arrego, my co-host. You know, by the end of 2022, it was almost cliche to say that cyber risk needs to be thought of as a business risk. I mean, from Log4j to the ongoing ransomware epidemic we just talked about a couple of weeks ago, to countries engaging in open cyber conflict, if you think about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, um, the events of 2022 certainly demonstrated that cyber incidents are very real and need to be taken seriously. And, and one group in particular that is increasingly having to take notice, Rob, is the corporate board, right? No question. We've talked about that quite a bit through different episodes and uh, and even beyond, you know, there's the people that we're having on on the podcast talk about this. It's it's this critical need for the the board itself to really understand what the actual risks are associated from a cyber perspective, right? There, there's there's just so many different kind of elements that come into play. And as you said, last year was just kind of this monumental year that uh, you know starts getting to that point of let's understand, you know, how we actually are are looking at the ramifications of cyber incidents. We've also discussed that there's this kind of you know vernacular that gets thrown around from a technology perspective and, and that kind of technology mindset that doesn't always jive to what the business or a board member for that matter is understanding. So, you know, the good thing is we've seen a lot more of this inflection point occur. There's some things happening, but when you think about it, you know, boards are asking these questions now. You're hearing boards ask questions about, you know, what are the actual business critical assets that we have uh, relative mm -hmm. to the threat, you know, landscape, the threat to them from a cyber perspective that we have to take into consideration. How does that impact our business overall? And so those type of questions, that's a very positive, you know, kind of aspect of how we're seeing the shift to realizing the implications of cyber. So, you know, one of the things that, as we were just saying is there's a big shift, there's a big push, but there might not be as big a push that we've ever seen in the past as one that's coming. That's all about what the SEC is looking to do. You want to jump into that a bit, Sam? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think that you know, is back in 2022, so last year, that the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission here first proposed that publicly traded companies have to report within four days if a cyber incident is "quote unquote" material, mm -hmm. um, and and that requirement also applies when a series of previously undisclosed or individually immaterial cybersecurity incidents has become material and in, in aggregate. And this rule that was again proposed last year, could become final in April. And this may not be new news for a lot of folks. It shouldn't be because it's been out there as something that's been reviewed and talked about, but it's coming and this could have an impact to every public company. Well, that's the key. It's every public company. What are some of the things that are required as it relates to um, disclosure, right? So they have to actually disclose when a particular event or incident was discovered, uh, and whether it's been resolved, remediated, or if it's still ongoing, the specific details and description of uh, the nature and the scope of the incident that, uh, again, has occurred, uh, whether any data was stolen, anything was altered, accessed, uh, or used for any other unauthorized purpose, uh, the effect right, of the incident on the operations, right? again, connecting back to the business operations, what the impact was there. These are things that they're tying into and have to disclose also through the 8K form. And then actually mm -hmm. keep up, right? And include in the 10K, in essence, the annual report, right? So you're going to see all this stuff to the public uh, world. And this is another thing about impact to the business, shareholder value, right? The brand and, that, and, and, and all those kind of elements that come into play that, again, we've talked about a lot. This is really kind of the, you know, finally the teeth behind 
making it a reality and the, the need for it, the board members are going to have to get involved with. Well, I, mean, I think the whole purpose of this is to try to increase transparency around cybersecurity risk management and governance and how organizations are doing this. The rule is designed to compel boards that haven't been taking cybersecurity seriously you know, to do so. But I do think it's also created, let's, let's face it, some trepidation or some concern between mm-hmm. the board of directors and those that are in the front lines, the CISOs or the directors of information security. I think it puts some tension, additional tension on those relationships uh, and some uncertainties as far as, you know, who's going to be doing the, the work to actually do that reporting effectively. On that point, who is going to be actually responsible for, you know, kind of going through and governing the cyber risk aspect? And you've heard some, well, geez, it just fits into what the audit committee does today. Well, yes and no, and more so on the no side, because, you know, there's not this connection back into what the technology risks are per se and the cyber incidents impacting them. And gosh, don't they already have enough on their table, right? And what they have to deal with. That's going to be interesting to see. You know, I think it may start out there with some organizations. Uh, but they'll probably quickly find out that they need to actually kind of segment it off a little bit more, I would think. Well, and to your point, I think they've either relegated cybersecurity to the audit committee or they've brought on a couple of board members that might have the uh, technical prowess to be able to ask the right questions and to be able to govern it effectively. But, it, you know, it's interesting. I saw a recent survey by Diligent Institute. They are focused on corporate boards and they surveyed 300 different board directors about their, you know, understanding of cybersecurity. And the majority, and this isn't too surprising, admitted that they really do struggle with the technical concepts, the vocabulary that you and I are very familiar with, but it's not their domain. They're more, you know, associated with business. And this is really a foreign area for them. And their lack of fluency uh, around the language of cyber risk, I think, you know, is is going to be a challenge. Do you have to have some kind of additional education to help these board members out to be effective? Right, right. And that's also part of the ruling, right? They're calling out the need for um, someone or a couple members on the board to have some sort of, you know, cybersecurity expertise. Uh, to what level, right? That's kind of a little gray area, obviously, at this point. But, um, you know, I think the boards will obviously, and the organizations will obviously see the need to ensure that there's some form of SME from a cyber background there to do the interpretation. I think we all need to do a better job of interpreting it for the business in the first place. Uh, and that will come over time again as this matures. But uh, just understanding that there's a need for being able to say, hey, we need to have board member presence that has cyber experience. We need to either break things out into more of a, uh, a committee that is against cyber oriented. We also have to answer questions as, you know, what's the frequency kind of the cadence of our discussions relative to cyber? Right. right. You can't just do it annually anymore. You need to have it much more frequently. In different CISOs that we've talked to ourselves, right, Stan, as it relates to what is it as far as their conversation at that point when they're you know engaging with the board? Well, on average, I've got maybe about seven minutes to go in and discuss, you know, here are the things that we're seeing. Here are the ways that we've dealt with things that may have impacted us. Here are the things that we found as gaps and how we're filling those gaps. You know, this is kind of the, the vision forward. Um, and some of that behind that kind of readout, if you will, is translating also to here's how I'm asking for additional funding too to get to those things as well, right? So it's, it's going to be even a, a bit trickier. But um, again, I think you know just the the role of the CISO 
is going to change even further than what we've seen, right? We've talked about this for a while. Reporting structure mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. an example, right? The CISO reports to the CIO in some cases, and in other cases, it reports to other parts of the business. This is going to push it really, I would think, for most organizations to completely rethink where the CISO reporting structure is. Well, they may have to be at the table. I mean, they may actually be a, a, a truly a C-level executive as opposed to reporting to either the CIO or the CFO or the CRO. You know, again, I, I, I also hope that hopefully better or greater understanding of the domain and the issues and the stresses and the pressures on the CISO and the information security organization and what they have to deal with every day, hopefully will arm them, you know, the, the board will give them the resources they need. Not saying that they aren't funding security, many times they are, but they need to take the actions to help build in that resilience into the organization. And hopefully they get enough awareness of the topic area and the understanding of the vocabulary well enough to be able to have true conversations about where to best fill in those gaps. Agreed. Completely agreed. I think, you know, the other thing, as I've seen a bit more of this happening, you're seeing some of these, let's say, pioneers in this model, if you will, of how they engage at at the board level um, from a CISO role. Take it in the approach where the CISO has gotten to the point in that more, let's say, kind of evolved or mature organization, knowing how to have that right conversation with the right vernacular being used. And they're very much also from a day-to-day business operations, interacting at the business kind of level of discussion Mm -hmm. and outcomes. What's our roadmap for our business strategy? And then the deputy CISO is now the person that has been more of the, okay, you're going to be taking on the reins of really the technical aspects, the technology, right? There'll be a security architecture kind of individual that may be mapped back in to support you as well. But you'll be doing all of that assessment as to, you know, how these things translate down into what the actual technology areas that we could focus in on. Or the actual implementation of yes. how do you close those gaps, right? Right. So I think all of it, you know, again, it's it's a great sign of the times of maturity. Uh, even that role of the BISO, right? We've seen that mm-hmm. continue to evolve and that translation there again is needed. And that's in bigger organizations, obviously, where it's much more, there are different lines of business. No, but you've, you've embedded in the, the security officer into that business right. unit to be able to have that context for mm-hmm. why that business is trying to do what they're doing. And then how do you secure it to be able to fulfill their mission? All the relationships, right, are established on, and, and there's really good synergies there to understand how we actually work together to get the outcomes they need and how we ensure that cyber is, again, embedded into it. So a lot going on at this point in time. I think it's a very interesting aspect to see kind of how this, this changes. The other thing on this that's going to be interesting is what's the ramification of the SEC ruling going into effect and how does it translate into organizations back to the cyber insurance coverage? Because right? they're going to be required, but like, is it adequate enough? What are they looking at and what are the needs that they got forward? And how does that actually kind of change things up potentially in that arena as well? That'll be interesting to say. Well, I, I think that, you know, some organizations have played uh, fast and loose with their disclosures mm-hmm. and um, haven't necessarily been even transparent. There are a lot of organizations that don't disclose um, what's going on. I think we were talking about this in the context of the ransomware um, attacks and and how a number of organizations were helped by the Hive takedown, but quite a few weren't because they didn't disclose to law enforcement what the heck was going on. Uh, So they couldn't get helped. And so, you know, I I think that, you know, this new rule should um, reinforce the need to be more diligent in the disclosure. But you and I both know it's not easy. I mean, that four-day requirement as you're still trying to understand what's going on with the incident and having to 
um, react as quickly as you can, but at the same time, you're juggling the rest of the business. It's, it's, it's going to be a challenge for businesses, I think, to, to comply effectively. I think it's going to be a major challenge because for the majority of the businesses, by far, it's going to be um, where there's really this need to create a new process, right? Mm -hmm. How do we, in essence, kind of the, measure things from a quantitative and a qualitative state to determine that it's actually something that, you know, is occurring and here's details associated to it being material, quote unquote, that we need to now go disclose, right? And, and again, follow that process to do the right thing in the right time. Four day window is a very tight time in, it, in actuality. Yeah. So again, you know, board of directors can no longer ignore cybersecurity. I think uh, if you aren't already familiar with this proposed SEC rule change, I recommend you look into it, especially if you're a publicly trading company. And, you know, recognize that the leadership of your information security team needs the resources to be able to effectively respond and the time constraints put in place. So, hey, Rob, another extra episode. Uh, it's been great talking to you about this. Till next time. As always. Hello, I'm Ben, producer of the Reimagining Cyber podcast. And before the curtain comes down on this extra episode, I'd just like to let you know that if your desire for cybersecurity chat has not been sated, then why not take a listen to some of the other great episodes we have in the series? For example, take one of the themes of this episode, the need of the corporate board to understand what the risks are from a cyber perspective. It's a topic that's cropped up many times on the podcast. Back in July 2021, episode 17, our guest was Param Eftakari, an executive vice president at the Cyber Risk Alliance. Rob asked him the following question. What are you seeing as the key elements and best practices that are resonating when the CISOs are having the right type of conversation with executive leadership? It's about understanding what's the priority for your business leadership and executive leadership and speaking to those priorities. At the end of the day, very few business leaders are going to be interested in how you're achieving those outcomes. At the end of the day, they're getting compensated and frankly, bonus and meeting certain business objectives and certain business outcomes, a lot of time tied to revenue. Uh, and, and that revenue and those outcomes can be impacted negatively due to digital risk. And so if you can come to them and say, um, I've identified these risks to the business, to what you're responsible for, uh, and I can help you mitigate those risks, that's all you got to say. So that's episode 17 called Cybersecurity and the Modern CISO. Do give it a try, and why not binge on all of the other episodes whilst you're there? And if you listen via Apple Podcasts, let us know what you think by leaving a rating and a comment.